0: Hello, and welcome to the Motivate Change podcast, inspiring heart disease survivors to live a longer, healthier life. I'm your host, Devin Brzezinski, a fellow heart disease survivor and occupational therapy student, here to help you navigate a world of uncertainty after a cardiac event. Today's episode is another survivor series featuring Trenton Hudson. So Trenton is a jack of all trades. He not only produces cartoons, is a stand-up comedian who's worked with Comedy Central, Showtime, and Kevin Hart's LOL Network, but he's also created a coffee company that uses dates as a healthier alternative. Um, but he is also a heart disease survivor here to share his story. So welcome, Trenton.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Devin. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for reaching out. Um so your story is pretty crazy. You mentioned that you had a heart attack when you were just 20 years old.
1: Yeah. So basically um woke up one morning on a Sunday, had chest pain, a little bit of chest pain, not a lot. It wasn't alarming, but my right arm was like it felt like it was dead, like I pinched a nerve or something and I thought I slept on it wrong. Mm. I got up and just walked it off, laid back down, yep. came back, but then it came back a little more intense um had pressure in my chest from like you know th- this kind of range you know mm-hmm. from the mid up until about the collarbone all the way across pressure it was hot and but it, it wasn't super painful but i just something inside me was telling me hey you need to go to the hospital cuz this is like this is something's off something's yeah um so i go to the hospital um they tell me they're i'm having a heart attack i've the catheter uh through my leg they did the micro a microscope camera looking inside my heart Yep. and yeah so basically how that happened was I have two aneurysms in my LAD so for anyone listening who maybe I know this is like for cardiac survivors but for people who are listening who maybe don't know what that is your LAD supplies blood to the bottom left side of your heart so that quarter of your heart so um one of my um, aneurysms, which is a, an aneurysm, is basically your wall uh, of your artery it gets weakened and it'll expand like a balloon and the blood doesn't flow straight through there. It'll tumble in there and clot. So a blood clot caused that caused that heart attack. And a year later, 15 months later, I had another heart attack because the second aneurysm also closed up. So there's no blood flowing through the bottom half of my LAD. And typically oh that's, that's a wrap for you. They literally call the LA, the LAD, the widow maker. But before I had my first heart attack, my heart started developing feeder arteries around that main artery. So I still get completely normal blood flow to that section of my heart, which is like a miracle or someone's looking out for me. I don't know, but I didn't even know that was possible until it happened to me.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because the, I mean, our bodies are insane and it will literally create new pathways so that way you can still receive blood to your heart.
1: Right. Which, again, crazy. I didn't know that was possible. And then it happened to me. And I'm like, wow, like, maybe I must be still here for a reason or something. Whatever that is, I'll figure it out and do my part. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Mm -hmm. pretty wild what the human body is capable of.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, thank goodness that you went to the hospital because i feel like most people our age wouldn't do that especially (laughs) 20 year olds i I
1: seriously considered just going to work that day and not worrying about it i was like, I a little chest pain like i'll be fine but it was just it was a different kind of pain that you know something i'd never experienced before so i something was just telling me you need to go get this checked out
0: yeah well thank goodness that you did um do you know if heart disease runs in your family
1: there's no real history of any heart disease in my family um my i've talked to like four different cardiologists about my situation they think it was possibly some form of kawasaki's disease although when mm-hmm. i was a child i never really had any of those symptoms growing up or anything um i've talked to cardiologists who think um i could have been born with it and but we don't know you know i never had a heart checkup i never did any of these things before i had a heart attack so i never knew so it could have been there from birth it could have happened later but it's there. So
0: yeah. And to your knowledge, like you were living a pretty healthy life up until that point. And then it kind of just came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've always been um, very active. I played sports growing up, um, always been in good shape, always ate fairly healthy. Although back then I ate a lot of fried foods, a lot of vegetable oil type of stuff That's just mm. absolutely got awful for you. And, and the worst food you can eat for your heart is literally like the things that they say are heart healthy, as far as the oils go, like vegetable oil, canola oil, that stuff is destroys your arteries. It's terrible for you. So any mm-hmm. heart survivors listening just because it has that little American Heart Association approved sticker on your canola oil. Don't buy it. Mm. I'm not saying that's what caused my heart attack, but they're terrible for you. And they're they're terrible <laughs> for your heart health. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there, well, as we know, there's there's lots of different factors that go into when you look at your heart overall heart health because Mm -hmm. healthy eating is one of them getting enough sleep um that's been recognized recently um you know getting enough movement and physical activity and throughout your day Mm -hmm. also the mental health piece of it too um so i was curious because it happened to you at such a young age Mm -hmm. was what were some of the things that were going on through your head when this was happening
1: so the the first heart attack, I'm not going to lie. Very scary. I was terrified. Um, the second one, it was honestly just kind of like, ah, I've been here, done that. Let's hurry up and get whatever we're going to do and let me go home because I don't want to lay in the hospital bed any more than I have to. Mm-hmm. But the first time I was there for almost a week. And when you're 20 years old and you're having a heart attack and you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know what caused it, you don't know if you're going to make it home out of this hospital bed, you literally have no answers. So when you're forced to have that kind of experience at such a young age, you really start, it it changes your whole perspective on life, on everything. Because most 20 year olds, I know before this happened to me, I was not thinking about the possibility of death. You know, you're not, you don't, you don't face mortality. You don't think anything other than I have so much time in the world. And you do if you're gonna live a long, healthy life. But then, you know, something like this happens. And now I try to live my life In a way that i try to stay on the correct path pursuing my goals doing the things i want to do because i try to live in a sense that and this could happen to anybody 10 seconds from now you could faint wake up in a hospital and a doctor tells you you have leukemia that's Mm -hmm. the reality everyone in the world lives with the only difference is like when you're forced to accept that you're like okay i gotta hurry up and make my dreams come true and live right and do the things that i can do to try to live a long, healthy life. I'm shooting for 110. That's my goal, 110 years old. I love it. Which a lot of people think it sounds crazy, like from someone who, you know, has a heart condition or whatever, or even just to say that in general, because almost no people make it that long. But that's my goal. And mindset is a huge like factor in longevity. I've seen studies that suggest that when it comes to overall health and longevity, your mindset is more important than your diet, your exercise, and even smoking. So you have to believe that I'm healthy. I'm going to live a long time. My body is functioning properly. Everything is going smooth. And so I try to, t- you know, give myself reminders of that to keep that keep that thought fresh in my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's I feel like there's so many studies on it too that mental health is one of the biggest factors when it comes to your health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're thinking like, "Oh, I feel like I might be getting sick," and then it's like you get sick the next day. Real talk. <laughs> so... Real talk.
1: I when I start to feel like I'm getting sick, I tell myself, I'm healing. I'm not, I'm not sick. I'm healing. I have something to heal from. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it'll catch me. But since I started doing that, I have noticed that it's been a little better. But honestly, the last time I was doing it, I feel like I was sitting here telling myself this. And typically if I start to feel something in the back of my throat and I'm catching a cold Uh within about two days, it'll, it'll get me and I'll have like the runny nose symptoms and then I'll be fine. But it took like a week to catch me. (laughs) And, but I was, it was, it felt like it was just being dormant, like in the back of my throat, you know, you got like a little itchy throat, but everything else you feel fine. Yeah. A little tickle, but no congestion, no drowsiness, no nothing. I was just sitting on that for like a week. And then it got me. It's like, I couldn't just shake that little thing. And it finally, (laughs) finally caught up with me.
0: Finally (laughs) gotcha. So when you were in the hospital, you said the first time you stayed for about Mm -hmm. a week. When you were in the hospital, um, did you receive like occupational therapy, physical therapy, any any type of other services? No, no,
1: no, nothing at all. Like it it was basically they had me laying in a hospital bed for five days. Um, They did the the last day that I was in there before I went home the next morning, they actually put a stent in my other aneurysm. Um, to get a little bit more blood flow through that L.A.D. until because sure. they honestly told me I was probably going to have another heart attack and that other second aneurysm was going to close up. Um, they told me that was probably going to happen. So, OK, whenever the second heart attack happened again, it was kind of like, OK well let's go to the doctor and see what they're going to say about this one and see what happens it wasn't alarming it was more of a nuisance <laughs> <laughs> well but... at least
0: at least we were prepared for it though and they let yeah. you know like hey yeah yeah i'm this glad is... they told
1: me because if if it was like you know something that i, I would have been pretty scared again if they would have been like oh yeah you should be you shouldn't have any more heart attacks after your first one like you should be straight and
0: yeah. then
1: 15 months later having another one I'd be like damn what the hell is wrong with me <laughs> but um yeah they they told me it was probably gonna happen due to what they could see um going on in my LAD with the two aneurysms um there was a lot of blockage in the second one even at the point where I had my first heart attack that's why they put that stint in mm-hmm. um but yeah it closed up around the stint like again they sold they uh, said it was probably gonna happen. But that gave my um, the arteries around my LAD, those new developed ones, a little more time to get fully open, fully developed and really um, be able to give my heart the the blood flow that it needs. So in 2020, um, I saw my cardiologist and we did like every test in the book. We did like the treadmill. We did a bicycle. We did. We did um an ultrasound. We did an EKG. We did the the three D imaging in the in the tube,
0: uh-huh.
1: and um everything came back amazing. Like everything looks great, oh, and awesome. my heart fr- from two heart attacks, I suffered almost no damage. <clears throat> Which, if you've ever had a heart attack or known someone to have a heart attack, you probably know that when you have one, whatever damage is done to your heart is permanent. Your heart muscles do not recover. Whatever bruising mm-hmm. is there is forever. So. Luckily, in my case, I got very, very lucky because two heart attacks and I have almost no damage. Like when the tech was looking at my heart on the ultrasound and he's trying to find the damaged spot, it took him like 45 minutes. Like, wow. so I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> a when good he, found it, he, when he When he found it, he said something. And at first it sounded alarming to me. And I'm like, oh, hang on. What's like? you know, explain to me that this, that doesn't sound good. He's like, Oh no, sorry. I meant that in a way that's like, you're like incredibly lucky. Like you have almost no damage to your heart. This is like a miracle damn near.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that's so exactly I'll, I'll, what I'll you would want to hear.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. so again, I'm, I, I got super lucky in my case, but the, the the hospital stay was honestly like, um, that was the big perspective change on me. It wasn't even just about you know you have to live like you could die tomorrow because you could it was also like I don't want to be in here ever Mm -hmm. again it was I I had a new appreciation for life and I've always kind of grown up I grew up kind of rough I grew up really poor all this but I always could like look at other people and be like okay I'm thankful for what I got because I'm not in that situation and I've always kind of lived with this like I see you know kids with cancer at St. Jude's and this and that. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that I'm healthy. And then when I had that week-long stay in the hospital, it was like, anyone who can stay in the hospital days on end at a time, like that takes serious mental strength because I was ready to jump out the window, not, <laughs> not, not to kill myself, but to escape, like to just get out of the hospital. Yes. Uh, this It is. and And I was even saying then I was like, if this happens to me when I'm in like my eighties and if I have to do an extended hospital stay or something like that, where I'm going to be in here for like a long time, I'm out, count me mm-hmm. out. I'll go home and do whatever I can do. And <laughs> end my days out there, I'm not ending my days in a hospital. Um Yeah. I, there's uh, just
0: a lot of time to think. I feel like
1: <laughs> a, a lot of time to think. And which isn't that bad, but it's, it's everything else. It's like th- the noise you can't sleep. Um mm. So so yeah, especially my first day in there, I'm in the intensive care unit, so I didn't get any sleep. Helicopters landing every hour with patients and people running around and like crazy. So literally the day I had my heart attack, I got an awful night of sleep, chaos. It's a lot of stress in the environment. And it's like the hospital is the very worst place to be if you have something to heal from. It's not a Mm -hmm. healing environment. The food they feed you is terrible. Mm. um and also to to be laying in bed for a week your um lymphatic system doesn't even work when you're sedentary and your oh, yeah. lymphatic system cleans out all the it's like the garbage disposal of your it's like the, the trash main coming through and picking up and disposing everything and it only works if your body is moving mm-hmm. so for me it's like anything i can do to not be in the hospital i'm out so i want to touch on <clears throat> when they put the stent in so I left the hospital they let me leave, but I had to come back the next day to put the stent in. And so the day they let me leave, it was like, you can stay here and have this surgery in the morning. or You can go home and come back. I'm, I'm out. I'm going home. I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. And so I got my stent put in on, I got my stent put in on a Friday. I left the hospital the next day on a Saturday and Sunday, against my doctor's orders, I actually went to a football game. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. But um, did they win the team that you wanted to win? That's the most important question. No,
1: but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a big deal because it was like uh, my team and uh, me and my brothers are Rams fans. And like a group of our best friends who are also brothers, they are Chiefs fans. So it was a Rams Chiefs game from oh. and they only play each other like every four years or so. So it was like a big deal for us to go. Yeah. And um, we'd been playing this for a while. I was like, I wasn't missing this. <laughs> and I was also feeling like I'm 20 years old. I'll be fine. I'm I'll, I'll heal enough to go to a football game and enjoy myself and be cool. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if I was
1: older and, you know, my body's taking longer to recover, if I'm in my 60s, 70s and something like that happens, I don't I don't think I would have done that. No,
0: no. Um, well, when, when you left the hospital, I guess in between when the first and the second, um, Mm. aneurysm, what, um, did you have to go through cardiac rehab at all? Did they even refer you to that?
1: No, no, they didn't refer me to anything. Again, I was, I was always active. I was healthy, basically, you know, just conversations with my doctor about him telling me, um, you can get back to working out and playing basketball and doing the things you want to do. Just take it easy at first while your leg heals. Mm-hmm. And especially because he said the biggest issue was my leg where they put the catheter in so that they could put the stent in. Yep. So he said you I need mean, to let that really heal because you have a pretty good sized wound on one of your very main arteries in your leg. That uh-huh. if that thing busts open, you have minutes to be at the hospital. Otherwise, you're going to bleed out. So he's like, basically let that heal. Once that heals, you have a little knot that'll kind of go away once it's fully healed. And once that knot is gone, you're pretty much good to go. So I took it easy for, for that time being, and then worked my way back into doing the things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I've been good ever since. That's awesome. Except for the second heart attack. But yeah, I...
0: <laughs> <laughs> mine is the second one. <laughs> minus the
1: second heart attack. I've been great since. <laughs>
0: And then did you have another stent put in the second time around or no, no,
1: no just, okay. just after the first one. And yeah, that second stent is what actually closed up the artery closed up around that, that other aneurysm. So gotcha, okay. it's in there, but there's no, there's no blood flowing through that stent anymore. Okay. It's just there.
0: Well, cool. so what types of things, um, like lifestyle wise, have you maybe tried to start changing or incorporating? It seems like, um, mindfulness and like being grateful in the moment has been like really important to you
1: yeah so i again i was always like active in this and that but i didn't um so i'll say i want to say something else too they had me on a bunch of different medicines at first too i was on i was on blood thinners statins baby aspirin and um zocor or topra something like that either way they had me on all these different medicines eventually i just quit taking them um, I didn't ask my doctor about it. I just quit because I was like, I feel like
0: <laughs> this is not sponsored. <laughs> not they're, they're, the, Follow they're, what they're... your doctor says. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't recommend it. But for me, it was like, okay, I I know what these drugs do. the The long term effects of statins are very, very consequential, and mm-hmm. the long term effects of all these drugs are very consequential. So I eat food that does what those drugs are designed to do. I eat food that helps with blood flow. I eat food that helps with Um, you know, you, you can search like anticoagulant food that'll help with blood flow and it'll help Mm. keep your blood from clouding in unnecessary ways. So, so I try to eat healthy, um, um, again, the mindful thing. And another thing that I love to do is I make sure I am spending time outside. You would be surprised how much of an effect the sun has on your overall health, on your heart health, on your mental health. That's why mm-hmm. I also don't wear sunblock. Now, granted, I'm a white person, but I got pretty lucky. I got pretty good complexion, so I don't sunburn easy. <laughs> but I, I never wear sunblock. Try to put my bare feet on the ground. And like when you're grounding, when you when you have your bare feet on the ground or when you're touching a tree, there have been studies done that literally like it reduces inflammation. It helps with circulation. It helps um with the negative ions in your body, which negative ions are actually a good thing. And so it can help in all these different ways. And I would, for anyone who has any kind of health issue whatsoever, or even just people in general, because this is a great thing, I would definitely look into the positive effects of earthing and grounding and putting your bare feet on the ground and actually seeing that the like the magnetic, the magnetic, electromagnetic charge that that gives the body and all the benefits that come along with that will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, something I, I try to take a holistic approach to my health for the most part.
0: Okay. Yeah. I love, I love that because I've heard a lot of studies about it and also just getting out in the sun first thing in the morning. That's really great for your mm-hmm. mental health, your physical health. But, um, I haven't heard a ton about like actually being barefoot outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting.
1: Yeah. It check it, check it out. It's some of the studies and things that we've discovered about earthing will blow your mind. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And I'm curious, you mentioned you were looking up like anticoagulant food. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything specific, like a couple, um, couple of different foods that you would recommend or that you, um, you eat yourself?
1: Yeah, cayenne pepper is a great one. Hmm. Um, and, and again, honestly, as long as you don't eat junk food, I that that's the big thing for me. I try as hard as I can. Now, sometimes I fail, but I try as hard as I can to never eat artificial sugar, to never eat processed foods. I don't, I don't really eat bread even because your body metabolizes that as sugar. And the thing about artificial sugar is it, it makes your blood sticky. It literally makes your blood thicker. Mm-hmm. So that's literally like the worst thing you can eat. And it's the damage that sugar does. It causes inflammation. It scrapes like the insides of your body. Um, That's what causes a lot of the inflammation is the sugar just like scraping and but yeah, it makes your blood thick, and that's not good at all. So I try to stay away from that. But as long as you're eating like whole fruits, vegetables, you can eat meat. They tell you don't eat meat, but it's like when you look at the real more hardcore evidence and not just like what someone says who has a little bit of credibility. And you look at real data. Yeah. Um, I eat a lot of organ meat. It's great for you. I eat lamb heart is one of my favorite things to eat. Huh. Um, and there've been a lot of studies on positive effects of eating organs like that like if you have something wrong with your liver then beef liver is literally like the very best thing you can eat for that wow. and the same thing goes for heart and things like that so I try to you know be immersed in nature as far as my health goes mm-hmm. and do things like that to take care of that and so far I haven't had any issues I never had any issues when I quit taking um the medicines I never had any issues that literally the only thing i can work out all day long i can play basketball all day long i can run around the only thing that bothers me is coffee caffeine makes my chest feel tight um it's not it's not an option like i i can have a cup of coffee and be fine but if i have two cups of coffee in one day like my chest feels like why did you do this to me
0: hmm. Interesting. <laughs> So, I, so I, try, yeah.
1: I try to stay away from coffee in general altogether. Cause the caffeine really, it gets me.
0: Yeah. I was curious um, because you created um, a coffee company. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name right
1: now. Oh no, yes. It's, it's called um, Korma with a K. So K-O-R-M-A. Korma date coffee is what it's called.
0: Yes. So, and it's made of, made from dates. The seeds. Explain? Date
1: seeds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it essentially works just like coffee. We, we get our um, date seeds. They're actually organic. We get them from Southern California. We roast them up we grind them, we bag them up and ship it to you. So if you, um, have issues with coffee, whether you don't like the caffeine or coffee's really acidic, the date seed is actually alkaline. It's not going to give you any reflux or anything like that. Hmm. Um, rich in vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, basically everything your body actually kind of wants to like get your day rolling, except you kind of need some protein to go with it, but yeah, have it with your breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I started, cause again, I love coffee. I love the taste of coffee, but caffeine honestly never really did anything for me anyway. Um, I can drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep. Now, I might wake up with some chest pain a little later, so I don't really do that. But <laughs> so yeah, I, w- I was looking for something that tasted like coffee, um, so I can still you know get up in the morning, have my coffee, watch the sunrise, get my day rolling, whatever it may be. And I like to drink coffee while I work. Mm-hmm. But again, it's I love coffee, but it doesn't love me back. So I had to come up with something else that would still you know get me what I was looking for. And the the date coffee does that. We also add a little bit of chicory root to it, which is also uh, really rich in health benefits. But we don't add a ton of it to it, but it gives it like a really great balance of bold flavor, a little bit of sweet flavor from the dates. Hmm. And chicory is actually like pretty popular. It's really popular in New Orleans. They love to put it in their coffee there. Okay,
0: Um, What is chicory? I've never heard of that
1: before. Chicory is an herb. It's similar. So it's a little blue weed-like flower, like uh, like a dandelion type of flower. It's actually similar to dandelion root. Hmm. That's kind of um, how that came about. It was like I I wasn't necessarily, you know, ever had any kind of intention to ever start any kind of coffee company. But, you know, I started making the date coffee at home. I just happen to be a pretty resourceful person. And one day I'm eating dates and I'm throwing away seeds. And I'm like, I wonder if I can do anything with these. So I Googled it and you can turn them into coffee. So I started making it at home. I would just like save my date seeds and roast them Hmm. and grind them up. But you need like a super powerful grinder, like a regular coffee grinder will never do it. You had to, I had to like put them in the blender. <laughs> I was going to ask, of... how
0: did that process go? Because yeah, I can just so... imagine you in your kitchen, like <laughs> trying to grind up all <laughs> yeah. these dates. Yeah, basically
1: it was, it was, it was good, but it was like, what really happened was I got tired of making it. And I just thought, I just want to go to the store and buy this because I really like it. Mm -hmm. and also I'm tired of just like kind of trying to save date seeds and take the time to wash them and dry them it's it's a whole process because you gotta like wash the skin off and let them air dry all the way and then roast them for a while and then grind them up and yada yada and it's like who's got this at the store let me go get some but no (laughs) one had it so I'm like okay well here's aha right Mm. so here's kind of a opportunity opportunity for me to bring out a product that I love that I know other people are gonna love too and some people need it like I don't know how many Americans have heart issues. It's like 40% or something now have some form of heart disease, some yep. form of heart disease. So um, yeah, I yeah, knew if I was disease, looking for this, other people would be too.
0: Yeah. Um, heart disease is the number one killer of men and women in the entire yeah. world. So yeah. highly, highly prevalent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: therefore needed. Right. Um, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there in your shoes that also like don't like the effects of caffeine um, mm-hmm. and they can't really drink coffee as much. So I think that like what you put together is really. Yeah, it's really great. It's,
1: it's even safe for like, like kids can have it. Like kids, we all know kids aren't supposed to really have caffeine. There's negative effects for developing bodies and brains with caffeine. Like it's definitely more of an adult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not anti-caffeine at all. I'm just like, you need to like, kids shouldn't have it. Obviously pregnant women aren't supposed to have it. And the date coffee is like safe for everybody. We haven't had any, um, we, we've done like, Lab tests on like toxicity. Some date seeds are like can be rich in heavy metals. We've tested ours. There's no heavy metals at all in our date seeds, Hmm. um, except iron, but that's not we need iron. Um, yes, we do. (laughs) So it's not like there's no like aluminum or cadmium or anything like that. Anything, there's no mercury, nothing like we've tested all these things. And the only, I mean, if you're allergic to dates, which I I don't know anyone personally who's allergic to dates, but it, Mm -mm. I met a guy one time who's allergic to all raw fruit. So I guess you can oh. be allergic to anything. So as long as you don't have an allergy like that, you should uh, you should be good.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, learning something new today.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something else real quick I want to touch on that. Yeah. That you mentioned earlier was the importance of sleep. So one thing I've done is I almost never, 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 never wake up to alarms. I try to let my body go through its normal sleep cycles. I try to get to bed at an early time and wake up early um yeah that, that's a huge thing is i prioritize sleep so much like sleep is a huge priority for me i always make sure i'm getting an adequate amount of sleep every night um i make my room as dark as possible i get the temperature right i play like um like theta wave brainwave sleep type mm-hmm. music Yeah. and get into it i sleep amazing every night i never wake up to alarms if i need to wake up early I, I will set an alarm if I have to, I'm usually up pretty early anyway, but if I got to get up like really early, I will set an alarm, but I'm almost always awake before it. Like, I don't remember the last time an alarm woke me up and cause it, for me personally, I don't know how everyone else is with this. I can't stand being woken up whenever I'm in like a dead sleep. It, (laughs) It, it, it gets like my, like my, my cortisol and my adrenaline going and it's not good. I wake up stressed. Like I can feel like the so there's another chemical in your brain called norepinephrine that's like a stress chemical yep. and i can just like f- feel it just coming out it feels like i just so i alarms don't do it for me i have to prioritize sleep and have a good quality sleep and not be ripped out of it mm-hmm. like if it, feel, it feels it feels violent waking up to an alarm
0: it does yeah i definitely have to pick and choose what sounds my alarm has cuz there's some aggressive yeah. ones oh, that yeah. are like oh yeah the alarm is going right some yeah, people, that's they need thing. that though to wake up. So it's just like, eh, I guess.
1: Uh, my my alarm works is more like nature sounds that just like get a, it starts out quiet and gets a little bit louder. So it'll kind of eventually wake you up and it's not going to immediately, you know, get that, that stress, those stress chemicals going. Cause that's what it does for me anyway. So I gotta, I gotta avoid that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're also lucky because you're in, you're in LA, right? Yeah. So you have the sun. Um, yes. so. Um, whereas like on the east coast especially in the winter time here mm-hmm. it's really difficult to wake up for me it's so, like I right. have one of those um sleep machines that I can turn on I have a setting where the um light will start to gradually turn on until it's like my time of oh, um, nice. my alarm yeah yeah very cool So that way it it, it brightens my room and kind mm-hmm. of wakes me up a little bit more naturally
1: nice another mm-hmm. hack that I do is like if, if you have a heater where you can, um, like you time the thermostat. And so like, we sleep great when our rooms are fairly cool, and we're mm-hmm. cozied up under the blanket. But for me personally, I cannot sleep if my room is hot. So I'll set to my, my room to get hotter in the morning. That way, it's like, it'll help you wake up naturally. And you wake up, You have no desire to lay in bed when you're kind of hot, but when, when it's cold outside the covers and you're all cozy, it's hard to get out of bed sometimes. So the easier to get out of bed, whatever little hacks you can do to, (laughs) to get up and get your day rolling. I would, I would highly recommend doing whatever, whatever you personally work well with.
0: Yeah. Whatever works. Right.
1: (laughs) But yeah, prioritize sleep. That's, that's just as important as prioritizing healthy food.
0: Absolutely. I wanted to wrap up with just a few art jokes that I had found (laughs) as you are a comedian. Um, So my first uh, question or joke is, and these are going to be terrible. Just FYI. (laughs) Lay them on me. That's okay. I like a corny joke every now and again. Why did the skeleton stop playing sports? Why? His heart wasn't in it. (laughs)
1: That's not bad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What do they call you in medical school when a cardiology student drops out? What? A heart failure. (laughs) (laughs) And what happened when the police caught the heart thief?
1: What, What did they do?
0: He was placed under cardiac arrest.
1: Oh, I should have known the answer. That sounds (laughs) sounds so simple. Like now that you say it, I'm like, "Ah, obviously. Obviously,
0: yeah. (laughs) That's all I
1: got. When's the worst time to have a heart attack?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: When you're playing a game of charades. Uh No one will believe you. (laughs) What do you call a black guy having a heart attack? What? You call him an ambulance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) obviously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. That, those are the only ones I had. Those are the, that's all I had prepared with me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Nice, well, nice thank you so to
0: much for, for coming onto the podcast today and sharing your story. Um, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of what you had to share today.
1: Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Where can folks reach you if they have questions they want to connect? with? Yeah, you?
1: absolutely. First of all, thank you again for having me. It was such a pleasure to come on your podcast. I have a passion for helping people who are in similar situations too. So when I came across your podcast, I was like, awesome. Like another like cardiac patient heart, heart person. Like, cause mostly what I do is like either, you know, a bunch of different podcasts, but it's not often I come across one like this. So I was really excited to be here. Um, anyway, finding me, um, the easiest place to get in contact with me is probably Instagram. I don't post a lot, but that's like the only really social media that I use personally. Okay. Um, my my handle is Trenton Hudson. No, no dots or dashes. Nothing. Trenton Hudson. And the the Instagram for the coffee, if you're curious about that, is <laughs> at Korma Date Coffee. And that's Korma with a K. Um, you can check out our website. You can go to KormaDateCoffee.com. Um but yeah, so my, me personally, uh, Trenton Hudson is the Instagram is the easiest place to contact me. But I'm I'm always open to people message me all the time about random stuff, whether it's like they want to know about the cartoons or the coffee, coffee questions or what I'm doing health wise and this and that. But yeah, that that's always the best place to reach me. That's the only place where you'll actually probably get a response if you reach out to me because I will. Who knows how much time will go by if you try to message me somewhere else? So.
0: <laughs> all right. Awesome. And I'll make sure I put all of your info in our show notes as well.
1: Appreciate you.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much.
1: Uh, thank you, Devin. It was a pleasure.
0: Man, I definitely took a lot away from our my conversation with Trenton just now. I mean, it just goes to show that heart disease can happen to anyone at any time. And you know your body best. So if you feel like something's up... Do not be afraid to go get checked out. And heck, if you get checked out and you still don't like the answer that you received, it doesn't hurt to get a second opinion from someone. And that wraps up our show for today. Again, if you have questions for either Trent or myself, please look in the show notes. I'm going to link all of our contact information down there. And do yourself a favor stay healthy, stay happy. And we'll see you next time. With heart, this is Devin.